With your connection to agriculture, I'm Joanna Guza. Scott Kane with Aimpoint Research was on the Dairy Stream podcast brought to you by DBA and Edge, talking about their recent research on the Farmer of the Future 2.0. He shares the tangible and intangible items the farmer of the future will have. Let's talk about those two words, tangible and intangible. I think all of us recognize that the thing that's most close to us, whether it's the children that we have or the decision on what we're going to make for dinner, it's tangible. It's what we know. It's what we're comfortable with. What we've found is that when we ask people about things that are farther out into the future, it becomes less material and more out there. And sometimes people don't want to embrace those things because they're either ambiguous or I don't know how it affects me, or more importantly, I don't want to really think about how it affects me. So the difference between tangible and intangible, tangible today is the cost of energy or the cost of fuel. It's tangible. I see it every single day on my farm. Frankly, as us driving around, we see it as well. What's intangible to us is how will changes in, say, technology impact me? And I'm hearing these words that are like AI or this is precision ag. I don't need to know about that. It's not going to affect me. And so therefore, it is intangible. In the second farm of the future, which was a repeat of the first in so much as we asked many of the same questions. We saw what had happened over the past five years, and we wanted to ask more clearly, what do you understand is affecting you today? And how do you feel about those things that are farther out? And what we quickly learned is that some people are very good at putting into position what intangible means to them and how they'll accommodate it when it becomes tangible. Others don't want to deal with it until it is clear and present at their farm gate impacting. What generation were you talking to? I mean, I think about my dad and my brother both farming, two Mm -hmm. different perspectives there. So in the first one, we limited ourselves to men and women who were 55 years and younger. And so if you were over 18 and had principal operations or you were a decision maker on it, you were allowed to be part of that study. We capped it at 55 because what we originally wanted to do is say, what will the world look like in 20 or 30 years? And as much as we want every man and woman who's 56 right now to be farming 20 years from now, we really did want to focus on those men and women who are in the prime of their activity, who are starting, not those that are already well established. We took that governor off for the second one, not because it wasn't still important, but because, and I've had these conversations, I mentioned this in our speech, I've spoken to 80 and 90-year-old men and women who are the most innovative, the most creative, the most engaging, the most business-oriented men and women that are in farming. Frankly, would go toe-to-toe with anybody in business. To say that the age governs that is ridiculous. It doesn't. And so what we really wanted to do is make sure that we spoke to all of the generations, not only because an 80-year-old, just like an 18-year-old, can be innovative, But how a person on an operation who is the grandfather talks to the grandson is different. And knowing both of them better helps everybody that's engaging farms actually understand that just because someone did doesn't mean their progeny does. And that's your Connection to Agriculture. I'm Joanna Guza.